the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Here's the big announcement that I have today. On Monday night, I um, finished the quest. I'm, I'm, at, I'm done. I erased it from my phone. 6,005 miles. For those of you that uh, wonder what that is, I, I don't do it for that. I'm gonna. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm applauding though. It's well, worth thanks. It. That's not a two-time state champion, but it's still something of, I, somewhat of an accomplishment. I didn't applaud very loud. I just applauded. <laughs> no, I did not applaud very loud. But I should have applauded loud. And somebody today, we got an email on the Monday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast that acknowledges that it is a bigger show when you're here. Yes, it is. But they also acknowledge the two-time state champion effort that took. So. I know that pleases you. Wow, sharp hat. I like that hat. Fox uh, Fox NFL hat. Yeah. Very smart. Perks. Uh, before we start today, there will be many people, I assume, who will be like myself, who heard a word yesterday on your outstanding work with Kevin Kugler on the Browns Raiders game that I have never in my life heard before. The mixture of hail and what? Sleet. Hail and sleet is? Gropple, apparently. that Kevin was getting some... Um texts and tweets about uh, for meteorologists of what the correct term is because he and Laura were having a argument of it, whether it was sweet or hail grapple. or freezing rain a grapple and I you know I was grappling with that decision to talk about it but they apparently went thank you nice well done yes. <laughs> <laughs> grappling with grapple uh, but yeah Laura was grappling with grapple it was, that was uh, it was an interesting weather day up there it's uh, like did That's you so notice? Well. I mean, did you watch the whole game? Yes, I did. You know, the Every- Browns in the fourth quarter was grappling really heavy. Then when the Raiders got the ball, I, 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 I actually thought of you. Yeah. Because like, there we go. That's fitting. <laughs> That's. I seriously thought of yeah. you. I was I was going to text you during the timeout, yeah. but I forgot. But. I thought, oh my gosh, is this the Browns? Yeah. Is this hundred percent, hundred percent? I mean, it was blowing sleeting. against the home team. Yeah. Oh, it was a it was a really interesting game. Uh, for me, look, Cleveland got manhandled, oh. but they still had chances. They had in, you know, Jarvis would have been a great catch, but he dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. Dropped it. And he dropped another one when uh, Lamarcus Joyner hit him in the end zone. But that, I mean, those are tough catches. And and Joku dropped yeah, a third down ball. That Can't was, drop. Well, that, that was my last one. That's yeah. that's you know, you want to get traded and you want to play and you want to be targeted, then make a play when your name's called. I thought Baker played okay yesterday. Yeah. He uh, he missed a couple of balls, but that wind was really difficult. Yeah. You noticed by the play calling, there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of downfield shots or yeah. anything like that. But you know, the bottom line, no matter how you slice that, if if I mean the Raiders had their share fair share of bad breaks too, because that was a touchdown that Ruggs caught in the corner. Yeah, was it? I on yeah. I thought at the time I, I thought it, it had I don't to know be, if it see. had to be a, t- a TD, and I was like. Wow, I agreed with your analysis. Was that's got to be a touchdown? Yeah, it has I mean, to. You have to make that catch. He had plenty of room to get his feet in. Well, that, but I, I thought he was in yeah, too. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, he. I mean, that's just like the thing I didn't understand. I see this all the time: is why these guys are jumping when they don't have to jump, mm-hmm. especially you know, knowing that you have to get two feet in bounds. And uh, but the whole, you can s- summarize that whole game by the the Browns got punched in the face and kept getting punched in the face, and there was nothing. They could do about it. I mean, that, that guy, Devontae Booker, the kid from Utah. He made the play of the game. The recovered the fumble. The recovered fumble. It was a play of yeah. the game. And also, but he set the tone. Like yep. when all of a sudden, when he, I don't know if you noticed. I did. Then, you pointed then, it out. You Josh, were right. Josh Jacobs. There go comes my in. minutes. There go my snaps. 
Josh Jacobs had a bad game last week. The Raiders come in 22nd in the NFL in rushing. Browns yeah. are number six in defense. That shouldn't happen. With, with with a Las Vegas team, they don't get to practice in the grapple. No, with three uh, offensive linemen hurt. Yeah. And Derek Carr, 1-10 in, in games under 45 degrees. Yeah. And Trent, uh, Trent Brown, they were expecting mm-hmm. to have back, had an IV go awry mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. But they found a way. I mean, that's this season, like... I'm looking at this season. How are teams handling whatever COVID issues, injury issues? Uh, 49ers have a bunch of injury issues. Yeah. Um, they lost all their running backs. George Kittle got hurt. Garoppolo got hurt. I almost said Garoppolo got hurt, but Garoppolo, Garoppolo got hurt. Garoppolo. But Nick Mullins might be better than Garoppolo anyway. But uh, and we had and so, but you know, I I so enjoyed being uh, up in Cleveland and and doing a game there and and being around. Just being in Ohio, and mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, man, the Cleveland fans are diehards. And we actually, in our meeting, and I know you'll appreciate this, in our meeting Saturday night, we played a video from nine years ago where the guy's calling it the factory of sadness. He's mm-hmm. outside, mm-hmm. he's yelling, mm-hmm. he said, okay, Mike Polk, yep. I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> They're all in. Can't divorce your sports leanings. You just can't they, do it. They really miss, uh, I, Kareem Hunt's, you know, He's really, really good, and but he's better with Nick Chubb. They really miss Nick Chubb, and I, and I got they really miss Wyatt Teller too. And Tell people don't talk about that. And I am not of the opinion that the Browns are better without OBJ. I just think that's ridiculous. And I don't know if you watched any of those press conferences or read anything last week. It almost seems the Cleveland media's I they they're annoying to me. They well, almost they, try to stir. <laughs> they keep stirring everything. They're like. Uh... What's the word? It's not Stockholm syndrome. It's just when you they're they're like the teams abuse them, abuse their emotions. They're too <laughs> invested emotionally in the team. Ooh, they're the, not down the, the middle. The, the Browns media beat writers. Browns media. Yeah. And uh, but all media is too invested in what it covers these days, which we'll get to later on in the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, and, and I mean, you know, the team is it? It's a chicken or egg thing. Are they negative because the team is uh, gives them reason to be negative, or is the team? struggle because the media is negative it's six of one half a well, dozen of the, the other here's the thing that that was interesting to me and i i believe me i know i get the the job that they have to do so they have 19 different articles from 19 different sports writers about i'm, I'm about is the team better without obj yeah. kevin stefanski baker mayfield jarvis landry they all answered the question in a press conference. I, I sat there and watched a press conference. That's what I do with my days yeah. is watch coaching. Watch Zoom press, calls. Very and, fun. And press conference. Yes, they're exciting. And all of them said, no, 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 no. And they kept asking it over and over and over. And I don't understand why they keep doing Are they just looking? It's almost like they want controversy up there. Now, I think it's a Brown, fair question. I, it is a fair question. But once it's answered, do we have to keep going back to it? I think what I would do is I would adjust my question to if you're not better without Odell, and here are his numbers. He's averaged three catches per game this year. He has only eight touchdowns in 23 games with the Browns. What does he do that do not that does not show up in the stats that Thank you. you'll miss with him gone? Thank you. That's the question I would and ask. And you know the answer to that. Yeah, he, he, has, he, he, he occupies attention. He occupies, he occupies attention, a ton man. of attention, of course. And they could have used him yesterday yeah. because I think, you know, if he's on that double move, I don't think he drops the ball that Landry dropped in the end zone. Uh, I think that he holds on to the one 
where LaMarcus Joyner hit uh, Landry in the back. That would have been a tough. I'm not blaming Landry whatsoever. No, I'm just he saying he's very capable of making those catches. I think your point. They would have been great catches. Your point about Chubb is also your point about Landry and Beckham. Um, at least it is to me. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is better when Nick Chubb takes some of the starch out of the defense. And Jarvis Landry has a role. His role is maybe not to get quite as high when he high points the ball. Jarvis Landry's a great receiver, made a great one-handed catch in the game. He yeah. has all the effort and all the want-to that yeah. you'd ever want. He's everything in that regard that you want. It's not that he's lacking, and a lot of times, honestly, Odell is lacking in that. But Odell has a natural ability Oh, he can get a little right. higher. He can do, you know, some things that Landry can't do. And in those two situations, you might prefer to have Beckham on the yeah. receiving end of those throws. There are others you'd prefer to have Landry on. Yeah. Um, that, um, the thing I love about Jarvis Landry is he, he doesn't go out of bounds. Did you see where that Raider tried to put, and then, yeah, that, I, I I almost, that's, I, I can't watch it anymore. Hit the guy. You said hit the guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not no, Hit him. I'm not sorry. Yeah, it was Tackling's great. Tackling's not optional in the NFL. Right, that was a great line. That was a great line. Yes. <laughs> Well, you get it. I mean, I do. I, I don't you know. I'm like, come on. It's I not. A, he's not a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he's not going out of bounds. And my whole point was, know your scouting reports because, you know, I take a lot of pride in knowing the players and what they do well and what they can get better at doing. And he doesn't go out of bounds. Nope. He's a, he's nope. a competitive son of a gun, man. And he's not going out of bounds. And for a guy just to, like come up and try to tap him, it looked like I was watching a practice. And that well, was very frustrating for at me. At its but. root level in the NFL, it has to be about ingraining a mindset in the other team, imposing your will on the other team. And when you get a chance to take a shot, you take it. The guy's going to stay in bounds on the sideline, and you can light him up and put him out of bounds. Yeah. I know it's all safety and this, that, and the other, but at its root level, and you saw it play out in the trenches yesterday with the Raiders and the Browns, when you can physically dominate someone, you physically dominate them because there's a cost in not doing it even if it's just in failing to send a message that needs to be sent for the good of your team, failing to send a message to the rest of your teammates about what kind of player you are. You've used a phrase before that I thought was outstanding, and this guy turns it down. Yeah. He has an opportunity to make a play, and he turns it down. He has an opportunity to be physical, and he turns it down. And that not only communicates something to the other team, it communicates something to your team. And don't, don't you lose respect among players on your team when you do that? I think you get, a guy gets one chance, and then, you know, the film room is hard. I'll tell you, both guys, like Derek Carr, when he took off and ran, and Denzel did a great job of stripping that football out of there. Uh, but you can see he's a competitive son of a gun, right? And Baker, when he put his shoulder down to get that first down to keep that drive alive, or was, I don't know if it, he was Mark Short or whatever. But anyway, I mean, that's what guys respect. And, and nothing fires up a team like if you're able to physically dominate somebody like the Raiders physically dominated the Browns yesterday. And that's uh, that's where Joe Woods and, and every defender on that team, because I've been in games like that where there's nothing you can do to stop them. And it's just so irritating and frustrating because you know you're better than that and you just keep getting pounded. And it was a it was a great effort by the Raiders coming from Las Vegas, and they needed that win. They they needed it bad, but uh, really good, really interesting in the NFL. And once again, the NFL proves to us we know that the Jets are really bad. But other than that, we don't know what's going to happen. How does nope. how does Minnesota go into Green Bay 
<laughs> with Green Bay knowing they're going to run Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, how does that And he happen? scores four touchdowns and has 226 <laughs> yards from scrimmage, receiving it and rushing. It's just yeah. unbelievable to me. It huh? is. Well, I mean, of all, I love the, it, though. of all the analysis over all the years, all the pro football focus and all the breakdowns and all the this, that, and the others, there remains a quality in the NFL that cannot be identified. That 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 does not make sense. Like I said, Derek Carr was one in ten in games in that kind of weather. He played great. Forty yards rushing, one hundred fifty passing, no big mistakes. Right, that was a key. But but here's the other. You know they they're twenty two in rushing, and the Browns are six in defense. You wouldn't think they dominate. They're not used to the weather. They do the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. They're playing against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans have lost at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a physical, dominant team. They have every reason to physically dominate the Cincinnati Bengals with a rookie quarterback, and the Bengals have no reason to have confidence, and the Bengals have four, four offensive linemen out, including one they find out about right before the game. They have Billy Price in, who's been a, a disappointment, a surprising disappointment. They have a bunch of guys, a cobbled-together offensive line, and no Joe Mixon, and they run for 118 yards, and they lead the game the entire game, and Giovanni Bernard scores two touchdowns. And that makes no sense on any level except the human level where some guys maybe aren't quite as sharp as they need to be or take something for granted or who knows what it is, and other guys feel like this is my opportunity, this is my chance, we're embattled. Throw in... During the week, all the Bengals' dysfunction and drama around Carlos Dunlap, ripping the coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. And the Bengals win a game that they, on paper, have no business winning. Here's the reason why. I'll give you the reason why. Let's compare the Bengals to the the Jets or to the Giants, for example, Mm -hmm. or every team that's bad. The difference is the Bengals have hope because they have a young quarterback that's really, really good. Well, you and like so, Darnold. I he, thought you were going to go a different direction. No, I don't think the Jets have any hope. They, The Bengals still, that's a testament to Zach Taylor, by the way. I was going to say, that's one difference, is that the Bengals at least outwardly profess belief in their they coach. Believe you in don't Zach hear Taylor, that yeah. for Adam Gase. No, and that's that's a big difference. So there's a difference in there's a belief we're close. We just got to keep hanging in there. And when you have the Jets, it's almost a sense of doom. You can feel it when you walk into these facilities or – even on the Zoom calls or you go to practice, you can feel a team that really believes, even though they're not, it's not paying off yet, and a mm-hmm. team that doesn't. And the Bengals really believe. That was a big win for them. Good for them yesterday. One other thing that I'll bring up, and you tell me whether I'm right or wrong, uh, I don't know the Jets' personnel. But to me, the Bengals have some good personnel. I mean, you, when you have A.J. Green, Auden Tate played great yesterday. Yeah. You have Tyler Boyd. You have T. Higgins, who had a spectacular catch along the sideline. You have Jesse Bates on defense. You have some. You have some talent on the. They Cincinnati have Bengals. some pieces. Yeah. They're missing a lot of pieces, but they do have some pieces put together, and they have the piece in place. Now it's their job to build around that guy, mm-hmm. and that's with uh, Joe Burrow. So, and um, so it, it was interesting. The NFL is always interesting to me. I love it. I loved watching the Saints and Bears. I got home last night. I mm-hmm. got to see that. Mm-hmm. And even <laughs> how the games come down in the fourth quarter, compare that to the Big Ten. Like, everybody keeps telling me how exciting college football is. It's just trash. College football it's is trash bo- this it's year. It's boring. Oh, I, I, I don't even like saying that, but it's boring. 
because of the matchups. Like Alabama, the the separation between Ohio State, Alabama. Now Clemson had a, a little uh, scare against Boston College, but Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. Tell you, yeah, I take the best player in college football four, off your team on Thursday night. Yeah, there might be four good games in college football out of how many teams? But even the good games aren't good games. They're good because both teams are out there ineptly slopping around right. like Michigan and Michigan State. You know, um, We talked about key ingredients on a football team. One of the key ingredients, of course, for an attorney firm is integrity, character, expertise. Stan Willis and the Willis-Bangler-Starling team has it all. So when you need an attorney, no matter what, workers' comp, personal injury, wills estate planning, any legal issue at all. You want somebody with character, integrity, and expertise. You want Willis Spangler Starling. Check them out online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, and read their blog at their website. Their website's a lot of fun, and uh, they have a lot of good information there. So remember that name, Willis Spangler Starling, Truman Boulevard and Hilliard, easy to get to, uh, very easy to work with. I can vouch for that personally, willisattorneys.com. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I don't think it's covid there's no. just a weird missing part. I think we have the cream of the crop in college football has distanced itself from the rest of college football. I mean, I watched I watched Oklahoma State against Texas the last couple minutes, and it's just it's the same. Come thing. on, yeah. you know. Now, hey, Luke Fickle and Cincinnati—they're playing very well, and I can't I can't argue strongly. Now, now I mean, I assume Georgia is a better team than Cincinnati. But I would have no problem if Cincinnati continues to be dominant the way they are that Cincinnati would get a playoff berth because I like to see the little guy rewarded. That's more compelling to me than to see a two-loss Georgia team if yeah. Georgia loses in the SEC final against Bama, which I assume they would. You know, I... But, man, it's Clemson-Ohio State. I said it last week. It's like, can we just get to it already? Because the next six weeks, yes, I'm including Michigan, the next six weeks of Ohio State season are just, you know, it's like watching. I watch my daughter play soccer. You've watched Macy play against opponents that are clearly outmatched, and it's it's fun to see your kid do well. It's fun to see him score. It's fun, to, but you know, like, man, eh, this game it's just not doesn't have that thing, right? And that's what Ohio State's next six games are. Don't tell me about Indiana being two and zero, and the games in Bloomington. And Watch all. out! Don't yeah, sleep right. on. Go the ahead, losers. give me that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Keep keep the Michael Penix. <laughs> must game game must be on Fox. He no. must be trying. To <laughs> Probably will pump be. the ratings up. But <laughs> what about know, Michigan? You're not afraid of Michigan? No. <laughs> hey, you know, I never thought they'd get to the point where they'd force him out. I think they might be. Approaching it. I had some texts on uh, Saturday evening. Luke Fickle to Michigan. I never thought of that because I I just think there's something in Luke's belly that would. I think he's perfectly happy where he is. I do too. I think he made... The name that came to my mind is Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell at Iowa State. He's doing a great job at Iowa State. I know he's not exciting. I, I like Matt. I love Matt. It's not. It's just. But I mean, I'm looking out there and I'm thinking, well, who? You know, I mean, Urban's not taking that. Let's just you, put that out there right now. He's Urban's not taking it. Shiano. Well, he had a flirtation there once, but I think he's locked in at Rutgers, and I don't know that he'd be too exciting. I mean, Matt Campbell has been ready to move. He does a good for job. a couple years. Gundy, no. Not Mike Gundy. Lincoln Riley's not leaving Oklahoma for Michigan. Um, who? 
you know, Halfley? Halfley's not leaving Boston College after one season. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Maybe. Maybe he would. Yeah. yeah. I think, actually, that'd be a heck of a hire. That's the guy. I would, I would go after Halfley or Luke. Can I talk yeah. about the Buckeyes real quick? Sure, of course. Um, it's your show. You do whatever you want. Well, Spielman and Hooley, not Hooley yeah. and Spielman. Well, first of all, thank you, because uh, on, and thanks to the app, I listened to uh, the Bruce Hooley show. Oh, you on did? On the whole way drive up to, wow. to Cleveland. Nice. And uh, you you did a great job. I enjoyed it. Well, thanks. And, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, I think you're well-informed on the issues. and I would I, uh, say last week was I the actually, first week it felt natural yeah, to me. I, I, well, I think I know the work you put into it, and and you know you're changing genres or what is it genres yeah, yeah. or genres, yeah, genres, and yeah. you're you're you're, you know, that, that's a lot of work. I mean, you casually follow, well, a little more than casually yeah. followed what's going on in the world, but now you have to talk about it for a, a living, and you're only going to get better. And not saying you're bad, I'm just saying you're getting oh. better, and you're only going to keep getting better when. And I really, uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, what you were saying and and how you were presented, I loved your demeanor. It wasn't angry, in which I think you know. Hopefully, after Tuesday, our whole country will pick up that demeanor, and we we can respectfully and civilly disagree with each other. We have but, the capacity to. And and but you're exam you're you're doing a great job doing that because I mean I'm I'm thinking about ten years ago if you were doing this type of show. <laughs> Just, I might laugh a little bit more, or, or mm-hmm. just <laughs> laugh at your yeah, anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <No>. It's <laughs> look. I, I mean, I really You're doing a great job. Well, I thank you. It. I, I it really made my try. Drive go faster, buddy. For, I really, for, I'm being dead serious. Thanks for those who don't know. I do an afternoon show on 98.9 FM, uh, The Answer. It's uh, news talk, and uh, five to seven p.m. And I try to not be histrionic and I try not to add to the rancor but I do I mean I'm I'm a conservative and I try to point out the the uh mistakes on both sides and yeah thank you I do I try to point out the differences but I try not to be blind to the flaws of both sides I try not to just be you know a blind partisan so yeah you did a great job thank you uh by the way, speaking of the answer, we have a thing there like we had at iHeart called the Discount Shopping Club. And for those of you who listen to the podcast and enjoy Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee, you can go to 989theanswer.com, click on the shopping link, and you can get a $30 gift card to Hemisphere Coffee Roasters for 15 bucks. Huh? So we have a lot of people that I know uh, have become repeat customers at Hemisphere Coffee. And so this is your opportunity to get it at half price. Now, here's the deal. You can buy as many of those gift cards as you want, but listen to me. You can only use one at a time. So, like, for instance, I buy usually for a friend three pounds of coffee uh, roasted, and it's $44. So I think if you buy two pounds and have them ship it to you, it's right around 30 so you'd get it for half price. You just have to order maybe more often. But two pounds would last you for a while, I would think. So uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is phenomenal. And um, they do great things around the world for their growers because their growers get more money uh, when they buy, when the, when it's when they sell directly to Hemisphere. So uh, 989theanswer.com, click on the uh, link. Uh, let's uh, chat briefly about the Steelers. I didn't think they'd win at Tennessee and at Baltimore. They won both. They now get the Bengals after the Bengals and Browns have a bye week. I don't know what the Steelers' magic is, but... Seven's their magic. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty good yesterday. He's phenomenal. Yeah. He's... he. 
I think he's one like when you talk about the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, you don't say Ben Roethlisberger right off the top. No, you I, don't. No, I no. think there's an argument can be made. He's he's just phenomenal. Yep. He's so strong, and this is a guy that two years ago was talking about retiring, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think uh, him sitting out last year rejuvenated him and reignited the passion for the game. He's playing at a very high lab, lab, uh, level. Excuse me, Robert Spillane. Spillane uh, taking over for Devin Bush. Yeah, had a pick six, so yeah. that's good. When and that's a really underdog story, kid from a small school, and mm-hmm. is done really well. So the Steelers are are really the Steelers, and you know, regardless of what people think of Mike, Mike Tomlin can coach, and Mike Tomlin has those guys believing in him, and he doesn't waver and he doesn't flinch, and he's yep. the same guy when things are bad and the same guy when things are good. And that's just who he is. And uh, they have had some consternation among their fan base with some of their drafts, but they have had an amazing history of finding really good wide receivers in rounds other than the first. Going back a long way, uh, Plaxico Burris, Antonio Brown, Chase Claypool yeah. appears to be the latest of those. And uh, he's doing well. He's yeah. uh, uh, Who's the kid from USC? Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. not a first-round pick. So, I mean, they do a good job good job finding receivers out there. So, uh, Buckeyes were great at Penn State. Mm. I mean, you know, they were Fields, Olave, Garrett Wilson. Very <laughs> elite. Nobody's got a match for that until Clemson. That's Alabama true. doesn't. Nobody has a match for that until Clemson. Uh, and I'm not saying Clemson does. I'm saying nobody has a hope of matching that until Clemson. As long as the three of them stay healthy, they're only going to get better. Fields was 28 of 34, 318, four scores. I never felt like Ohio State was in any danger. No. They scored in three plays. Master Teague's over 100 yards. The defensive line played better. Uh, you know, Cam Brown's injury, that won't help the secondary if he's out for the season. He's got he a little be, bit he of, can, yeah. He could be out for five weeks and be fine as long as he comes back for yeah. Wisconsin game and the Big Ten title game. I, I haven't seen enough of Wisconsin to know if they're a serious threat. I seriously doubt they are because they've never had the speed to run with Ohio State in the secondary, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a team that can get a pass rush on Justin Fields. He wasn't hit at all Saturday night, and it's going to take a team that can cover. Clemson's look to me looks to me like they can cover. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know if they can get a pass rush, but they should be better on the defensive line than they were a year ago. Maybe not a linebacker, but they are a defensive line. And the problem is they can outscore you, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a team that can outscore Ohio State. Yeah, I don't see that happening in the Big Ten after watching it. It's uh, it's, I mean, Penn State like it, I it felt overmatched the whole game. Uh, I have some concerns with the secondary. I would like to, I I just don't understand what we're doing when we give away two touchdown passes in the middle when I see the defenders fall into the end zone, and so even if they do, you know what I'm talking yep. about. And, okay, if you're going to play outside technique, I think you got to be a little bit tighter. You can't give that guy that free window, even though you might have safety help sitting inside. You know what I'm th- – I just don't understand. I think they made some adjustments, yeah. and, and I think Sean uh, Wade, you know, guy made a couple good plays on him. I think he struggled a little bit. He's adjusting to a new spot. I just need to, to figure out, okay, philosophically – why are we doing what we're doing down in the red zone coverage? And I'm not saying it's right or that's wrong. I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very fair because I get the concept, but that there's no execution with that concept. So that needs to be cleaned up. I thought the running backs played better. 
uh, in my opinion. I thought the offensive line played better, and I thought the defensive line better, and I thought the linebackers played better. I think the team, the part of the team that uh, needs to shore it up a little bit and continue to improve, and quite frankly, that was their first test of the season, playing against two really good wide receivers and yep. a really good tight end. Yep. Really good tight end, and the quarterback is more than capable. Uh, but that the secondary has to improve drastically because Trevor Lawrence – if we're heading in that direction, I don't know if it's going to be Alabama or even Mac Wilson. What's the kid, Mac, Mac Wilson? Wilson? Yeah, he's really good. By he the is. way, he is. If you get them in the semifinal, which yeah. you probably would, if it stays as is, because Clemson's probably going to stay number one. Yeah. Um, you can email Wait, the can show. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Is Wisconsin playing this week, or are I don't they know. still on Big well, Ten? Well, I mean, they're supposed to be supposed to be twenty-one days out, and I, so they're know. not allowed to play now. Their season over? Or? They may not be eligible for the Big Ten Championship if they don't play five games. Yeah, they, they got to fix that. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Get your COVID-19 nominations in. We'll draw on Wednesday because Chris will be here on Wednesday. So we'll draw. That'll be the day after the election, of course. Uh, and John, who's a loyal listener and a loyal Hemisphere Coffee Roasters customer, as he notes in his email, uh, emails and I'll respond to this one because I don't want you to be touched by anything I say in this regard. He says, I enjoy the podcast Friday. Bruce, you made an offhand comment. This country being a free country, at least until Tuesday. I'm assuming you're suggesting Joe Biden is going to win the presidency. I thought this was a free country. We have plenty of Democrats in the White House as president. I know you're hardcore conservative. Throwing in your opinion about the country somehow turning into a communist country was a bit beneath you. I love your takes on sports and being a Cleveland Browns fan through and through. I'll try to keep listening because I think your podcast is great. Okay, so that was probably not my wisest moment. I will acknowledge that. But I will say that I do have a fear when one of our parties, uh, and I cite Robert Reich, former Clinton labor secretary, who says we need a truth and reconciliation commission. That is not a message being pushed by the uh, Republican Party. We do not need a truth and reconciliation commission. We do not ever want to go anywhere near having um, a government entity decide what is true and what is not true. And we don't want to go any further down the road of censorship, in my opinion, which I think eloquently is stated today by Mitch Album, who's an outstanding columnist of the Detroit Free Press. I will tweet. I have tweeted his column this morning on my Twitter, and I will. Uh, I think I will put it on our show page because it talks about the need to get back to civil conversation in our country, mm -hmm. and he makes points about both parties and the partisanship in both parties and to the detriment of us identifying first as Americans rather than as partisans. So I will share that with you, John. Uh, I'll pledge to do better, but I do have a concern about uh, the ideals America's always stood for, court packing, adding states, this, that, and the other. That, that one party, the Democratic Party, is pushing and the Republican Party is not. Another email today. This one is uh, very meaningful and will get us into the faith portion of the podcast from Buzz. He says, Dear Bruce and Chris, I wanted you to know the impact your podcast has had on my life. I thoroughly enjoy your show, and I'm a huge Buckeye fan, enjoy sports, but I really love the faith portion of the show and really wish it was given more time. My son Brad has emailed you on the progress of our relationship and my recent baptism at age 65. <laughs> I want you to know that my faith is not only bolstered from my son, but from hearing you and Chris's testimonies assures me of how truly great God is. Thank you for the, from the bottom of my heart. I draw strength from your God place words of wisdom, and although it may be a bigger show with Chris, yes. two of my sons ran cross-country in high school and also qualified as a team to participate in the Ohio State meet, so I hold in high regard a two-time state champion. Love you both. 
what division was Bruce? Uh, the smallest one. Okay. Yeah, smallest one. So there you go. Thanks, Buzz. We Maslin is 22-time state champions. On, on paper, yes, they are. Paper champions. <laughs> Still waiting for that first title on the field. They, they put it on Westerville South the other day. Did they? Good yeah. for the Tigers. Good for the Tigers. Maybe this will be the year. So uh, Buzz's email gets us into the faith portion, and uh, I'm just I'm I'm not sleeping well. I'm burdened by a couple things. I'm burdened by my role as a disciple of Christ and being a peacemaker mm. and being a truth teller. The attitudes really struggling to find the sweet spot between standing for truth, because as um, the calendar would have it. Uh, in our Sunday school class, uh, I'm teaching, and my two other colleagues, Doug and Tony, have been teaching from First Peter. I'm fascinated by Peter. Peter's I identify with Peter because he was impetuous and uh, <laughs> and uh, bo- uh, you know boldly spoken to his detriment. He had a big mouth. He was quick to react, quick to anger, slow to speak, or uh, quick to anger, yeah. quick to speak. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I battle that. But Peter talks a lot in Second Peter chapter 2 about false teachers. I don't want to be a false teacher. I don't want to be a legalist. I want to be a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I want to stand for truth. So I feel like I'm not just balancing on one tightrope. I'm balancing on about four. Trying to do with the platform that I have at uh, 98.9, a show through a Christian prism, not be a false teacher, be a peacemaker, stand for truth, and be grounded in the word. So I, if Buzz, I'd appreciate your prayers in that regard. John, I'd appreciate your prayers in that regard. I know Chris prays for me. I do not underestimate my calling, nor should anybody. Without a radio show, without whatever, we all have a calling to represent Christ with, uh, in an exemplary way, to draw others to Him. And so that's my burden these days uh, in this in this time. Well, if you profess truth then you will be given burdens. And I just want people to understand that uh, being born again or accepting Christ as your savior, savior does not guarantee you a life of luxury and no issues and no problems. It's been my experience and others' experience that when you profess that truth, then you are going to be tested. It's just the way it is. Uh, testing must be done, as it says in James, so that perseverance can do its work, and you learn to persevere and press on, and it's going to happen. And so once you accept that truth, uh, you are sealed for eternity. But the other thing is, and, and this is just a commentary, I don't know if this is biblical or not biblical, And so I'm just giving a commentary or an opinion. But I always thought about it like this. If I were Satan, I'm not, but for discussion purposes, I don't even like saying that because it makes me a chill. But I would look, I'd look around and say, okay, who can I, because we know that Satan prowls around like the lion to seek, devour, destroy, right? That's biblical. If I were Satan... Would I want the evil person? I already got him. Got him. He's already part of the team. He's in. Yep. He's on my side. So who am I going after? I'm going after the ones like the guys like Bruce Hooley, 
who have a platform, who present truth through a biblical perspective on a secular radio show. Your show's secular. Yep. yep. But you're able to profess your faith mm-hmm. on that show freely without, you know, making it a, a sermon for one hour. Right. And so that's what I, I, I want people to understand that don't, you know, just you're sealed and you're protected. And you have in Galatians, I believe it's Galatians, where you have the armor of God. And the priest on Saturday night was talking about, you guys, you've got to use that. Yeah. Put on the full armor of God to... Uh, salv- what is it? The helmet of salvation. Ephesians six. Yeah, Ephesians thank you. six. Yeah, Ephesians, Ephesians six. Thank you. And it, it's there. You have that protection, and go forth with courage, and know that you're protected and sealed, and that you. Uh, I go around my house. This might sound crazy to people. I go around my house, not daily, and I should do it daily. Is that I? I, in the power of the name of Jesus, get out of my house, Satan. Yeah. If you're here, get out. I do the out. same thing. Get out. And I and we have that power, so I just want to encourage everybody to tap into that power and just stand firm. Stand firm in First Corinthians sixteen, thirteen, and fourteen. Be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Have strength. Have courage. Do everything with love. I have to remind myself of that every day, yeah. because I get weak. Also, I get tired. I feel like I'm just, you know, swimming against the current, yeah. and I'm going nowhere. And I just got to just keep going forward and stand firm. And I le- I say that verse every single morning. What the first thing I do as soon as I, I get out of bed, I send verses to family members and friends. But before I do anything, I say two prayers. Bless my family indeed, O Lord. Put your hands on everything we do. Keep me from evil so I cause no pain. Broaden my territory so I can do your will. And I say... Be on my guard, stand firm in my faith, be a man of strength, be a man of courage, and do everything with love. And if I can do that, just keep reminding myself that I get through any challenge and I get through any um, glory that uh, or cool things that happen in my life. So there you go. Yeah, that's uh, very well said. And it's, um, it's a challenging time, but uh, we appreciate you guys hanging in with us and uh, endeavoring to do uh, what we do on behalf of Christ well. And uh, we're open to uh, your input and all that. So thank you for your time this morning. Pray for our country today. Pray for peace in our country. Pray for fairness in our country. Pray for a genuinely true election. God is in control. He will be in control Wednesday morning, just like he's in control Monday morning. And um, never lose sight of that, that he has sovereignty, all authority, all authority on heaven and earth is given to him, not to either political party, not to any candidate. Uh, Jesus will be coming back, but he won't be coming back on Air Force One. (laughs) So remember that and have a great day. And we'll talk to you again on Wednesday.